Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight, I am Peter, that is Timmy and we are going to talk about horror movies, as we always do. Uh, this one is going to be about The Grudge 3. Why are we talking about The Grudge 3? It's a very good question. Um, because we've done all of them so far. <coughs> well, you might as well complete the trilogy. Well, I say I say all of them. We did, we did the three Japanese ring movies... We then did the two American Ring movies, although there's soon to be a third, but more on that shortly. Uh, <laughs> we did the two Japanese Grudge movies. Now, when I say that, I mean just the two Grudge movies, not the rest of the duo, because there's a whole bunch of them that are more obscure and mm-hmm. stuff. And then we did the American Grudge, the sequel to Grudge 2, and this is the Grudge 3. So we're sort of wrapping up, because the next episode, which you're also going to get this week, is... Sadako versus Kaiku, which is the new mm-hmm. Japanese movie, which pits the girl from the ring versus the girl from the grudge. Fantastic. A uh, long time in the making uh, for that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I don't know. I feel like it might be a train wreck. I've not watched it yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. ask later this week. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll see. So this is us wrapping up uh, the American Grudge movies, at least so far. They could make more. But, uh, yeah, so the Grudge... They might uh, do, like, a reboot, like, in five years and do Grudges or something. (laughs) They very well might. I could see them doing it. Uh, So Grudge 3 came out in 2009, so about three years after the the second one. I believe this was direct-to-video at the time of its release. You can tell... (laughs) Um, oh yeah (laughs) you you can very much tell Uh, so we'll start spoiler free for a little bit I I mean I don't know if you'll care but I'll I'll just we'll give you the the, the general idea of how we feel and then we'll go into spoilers Tim yeah did you enjoy The Grudge 3 uh no (laughs) (laughs) can't really say that I did unfortunately that's fair Um, that's fair It's uh, which it was a little, you know. I had, I don't want to say high hopes, but Oof. you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised with like Grudge Two. Like I was like, you know, I actually kind of like Grudge Two. It wasn't, you know, you, you tend to think that I don't know, or maybe it's a little pessimistic. But normally that you know sequels get kind of worse and worse as they go, and you know, um, but yeah, I've been pretty much happy with most of these movies uh, so far. And then yeah, this was just a pretty steep. <laughs> Uh, downward fall. Oh, you like Grudge Two more than I did. I didn't hate it. I think I think my general opinion of Grudge Two after we watched it was, yeah, it was kind of mediocre. It was your typical sequel, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the train wreck I was expecting it to be. So it came out on a no, sort of it... positive light because it wasn't as bad as I kind of was expecting it. Right. No, that's pretty yeah. much how I feel. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not amazing or anything great. Certainly not as good as the first one, but you expect it to be garbage and then it's like oh no this is actually watchable yeah it's watchable that's a very good word for it the grudge right. 2 was a watchable sequel that isn't going to rock your world honestly my biggest complaint about the grudge 2 in hindsight now that i've watched the grudge 3 is mm-hmm. uh how forgettable it is because i couldn't remember a goddamn thing about it <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uh, at the start because one of the one of the characters the surviving character from the last one is in this one and it took me i was like was this the kid from the last movie I'm not sure. Yeah. Is it? Uh, I think it is, and it was. But like, it, it really took me a while to sort of remember. Okay, yeah, it was set in this apartment building. Girl came back from Japan, and she brought the curse mm-hmm. with her, and 
and I mean, it also makes it kind of weird. Um, I don't think this is really a spoiler because it's. I mean, it might be a spoiler for uh, Grudge Two if you know you haven't seen that. You so. have been warned. There's a spoiler for Grudge Two about the draw. Yeah, but uh, I was very surprised that this kid was alive because uh, I I thought that was pretty much the ending was basically him getting killed in Grudge 2, right? Or at least you were led to kind of believe that. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same with the first Grudge to the second one. The, the, I mean, spoilers for the first Grudge movie with uh, the American <laughs> one. But it ends with, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, like, Kaiko, like, pops up behind her and it's, like, cut to credits. And then True, we get yeah. to the second movie and she's in an insane asylum or she's in a mental hospital. And then end of the second one, Kaiko pops up and comes towards the kid. Cut to the third one. It's, like, in it's in his, like, hoodie, Right. Yeah, yeah. It was, the hoodie yeah. was like lying down on the floor, and it came up. Yeah. yeah. But Kaiku shows up to get the kid. You think, oh, that's the ending. Kid's dead. And yeah. then the third one starts with, oh no, he's in a mental hospital. <laughs> and much like I love how because we, we joked when again spoilers for the last two, but <laughs> we joked about how Sarah Michelle Gellar came back for, for the second movie, but it was very much that typical. I'll come back for a couple of scenes, but you need to kill me off as quickly as humanly possible. I like yeah. that they had to do that with the kid. Like, the kid's a big name. <laughs> it's like, I'm not doing this directed video. I'll do two scenes. I'll do two scenes. I like that he argued that he, sh- he shouldn't do that much. So, yeah, the movie sucks. Uh, to, to, to boil it down to a sentence, the movie is really bad. It's very typical uh, sort of directed video sequel. It's mostly mm-hmm. set in the apartment building. You can tell they couldn't afford to go many other... Pl- Unlike it watches, though, it looks more like a movie. At least... Sure, they, they're confined to the one location, but it's at least has the budget to look like a movie. Uh, the direction is not very inspired, though. The acting across the board is pretty much terrible. Because uh, the, the main characters, we've got a family who are kind of the main main characters. We've got Lisa, who is like early 20s, her slightly older brother, Max, and then their little sister, who they're looking after because their parents are dead, who is like six or seven something like that and she's a sick little girl she i don't know i, I don't even remember what condition she has but she has like an oxygen mask that she needs to use occasionally yeah no, i don't think they were super clear on it uh, or know. if they were it's just forgettable uh the little girl's terrible uh <laughs> almost every reaction she gives feels really like forced and fake the guy who's playing max is atrocious every <laughs> he's, he's got that thing where every line of dialogue that he gives sounds like he's reading it off a page <laughs> it really does that's what it yeah. sounds like the whole time and what's worse about it is the characters are really annoying because her character Lisa hmm. she's like a she, she, she's like a fashion designer or something like that and her boyfriend like yeah her boyfriend Andy cause is just her boyfriend but he's going to move to New York with her and he's going to model the stuff she <laughs> wears uh I guess congratulations on flipping the stereotype. I guess because typically you'd expect the guy is the designer and the woman is the model. So I, yeah, for, for play uh, you've done something progressive there, I suppose. But they're going to leave to go to New York. But and Max isn't particularly pleased with this because it's kind of leaving him and uh, little little Rose, who's the little sister, by themselves. Mm-hmm. And almost every conversation uh, Lisa and Max have is Max be going. Well, it won't matter in a couple of days because you're leaving. Oh, you're leaving us behind. <laughs> Every single conversation, it's him making digs and complaining that she's abandoning them in like really mm-hmm. passive-aggressive ways. And mm-hmm. it just goes around in circles. It just keeps going over and over. Yeah, it's at one point 
well, I, I think like from pretty much the first interaction, it's kind of like, yeah, we get, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you, you don't need to constantly bring it up. Yeah. Uh, Max is the, the, the landlord for this apartment building. But the apartment building is practically think, empty because after the events of the yeah. the last movie, everyone's moved out, understandably. So mm-hmm. the the owner of the building is coming by and giving him crap, who's also a terrible actor, might I add. <laughs> oh, dear. And that, this, this just, is basically an hour of the movie, by the way. The, the movie's 90 minutes long, and it's almost an hour before we really get to anything Yeah, happening. it tends to drag. Um, the... You know, it, it, it's it's a it's a shame because there were moments in here where like I could I could kind of feel like oh I would have liked this scene if it was like you know not the typical like straight to DVD production you know what I mean like like there are some scenes I was like oh this would be cool if the budget was a little better and someone you know, be- directed it better <laughs> yeah. His, uh, this is worth you know, this is worth noting actually. The first two movies were both directed by uh, Takeshi Shimizu, who did the the first two Japanese movies as well. And this is the first one. It's the first Grudge movie I've seen that's not directed by him, and it's so bog standard. And as well as the second one was nowhere near as good as the first one, it still kind of had that offbeat feeling to it, where it was yeah. kind of different. Whereas this feels like it's just a typical American director video, no style. To it whatsoever. Uh, yeah. In fact, one of my biggest complaints about the movie actually is that it's everything's really bright. Like most of the scenes take place during the day. Uh, it's practically a lot like a sitcom half the time. Mm-hmm. Everything's really bright. There's, there's scenes where like Kayaku is just walking down the hallway and it's like brightly lit and she's just <laughs> walking and it's just okay. Yeah. It it uh, definitely looks <laughs> like a little strange. It's kind of dull. It's uh, the way I would describe it um mm. yeah like like none of the settings are really that interesting i mean it, it basically is all the apartment building but even the apartment building like everything looks like very bland and just uninteresting yeah it's all the hallways look the same as you'd expect which normally i like this kind of scenario where you've just you've set a movie in an apartment building but it normally works because you have like a, a variety of characters who sort of make each like sort of place feel unique you know you have the apartment with the, the cookie ones you have the apartment with the sort of gruff old man you have the apartment you know and you characterize it by all the different people but the apartments the building's basically empty the only other neighbor they have is marina Sirtis from star trek the next generation who's slumming it i guess she's <laughs> not that she's the best actor in the world so maybe maybe she was destined to do this kind of thing if, she, if it wasn't for mm-hmm. getting a role on a star trek show but she like she's here and she's here for like two scenes. She like babysits for one scene, and I mean, okay, we'll go into full spoilers now because I, I don't want to dance around things. It's it's a terrible movie, so you shouldn't okay. bother caring. <laughs> uh, but she, yeah, she dies in her second scene. We get like a is a is weird... she the the painter lady? Yeah, yeah. Went, she, okay. she was. I can't remember her name on Star Trek: Next Generation. She's the uh, the empath. I never watched Star Trek, so oh, you never watched Star Trek. Okay, no, I mean, but people will know who I'm Sorry. talking about. Uh, she. She dies in her second scene. She's like a painter in the building, and mm-hmm. it's like a rip off of the ring. Actually, this scene because Kayaku comes out of the painting <laughs> exactly like uh, Sudoku comes out of the 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 TV in the ring. It's exactly the same. <laughs> it seems like they were, yeah, like I don't, I don't know if they were trying to like almost uh, cash in on the ring or something. In two thousand nine. Or... 
Or, or like just trying to, if they thought maybe that that kind of would be more recognizable or something. Because there's other instances that reminded me of Sadako, like, um, you know, I, I believe in the, like the mental institution uh, where you see Kayako is like kind of standing and walking. And I, I feel like you just don't see her stand that much. You know, she's usually crawling around. That's kind of her thing. I, honestly, but, everything with Kayako and uh, uh, the kids, whose name I'm forgetting, um, everything, Jake? Toshio. Oh, Toshio. Oh, okay. The ghost yeah. kid, not the, not the, the loving kid. Uh, Toshio. Uh, everything with them in this movie felt, quite frankly, shit. Like, every single time they popped mm-hmm. up, it just, it was just, it felt so random. Like, in, in the first movie especially, and to, to an extent the last one as well, everything felt built up. Like, every time you got to an appearance of them, it was, like, slow build of tension until they, like, appeared at the end. Here, oh, yeah. there was, like, a scene literally where, I think, is it the boyfriend? No, it's not the boyfriend, it's the Japanese girl who comes to visit. We haven't even got to that subplot yet. But <laughs> there's a Japanese girl who comes from Japan because she keeps having nightmares about Kayako. And mm-hmm. she, when she first comes to talk to the landlord and that, we see her leave the building, and she goes out the, the, the front door, and the camera mm-hmm. just, like, p- quick, like, snap pans across to another door, and Kayako's just staring. And it's just, it's so <laughs> random. It just there's it nothing to it. It's not scary or anything. It's just a shit little jump scare. And it really makes you like appreciate how in like the first movie, like and and you know to accept the second one and everything, like how restrained they are and how much more effective it is when you know you just get a little bit of Kayako versus where like yeah when you see her for like two minutes like coming towards you or like standing upright and stuff and just kind of like being there it's like oh it's, it's kind of taking out like the mystique and the creepiness at one her. point alex is in the hallway and kaiku just kind of gets up out of like it's like plastic wrap that's just there because people have been doing, oh yeah like painting or stuff i think it's just like a it's, yeah. it's like a paint cover but it's like a clear plastic kind of paint cover and mm-hmm. she just kind of rises up out of it for no reason. It, it just felt like, what well, built to this? What? <laughs> there was no tension building to this reveal. It just happened for no reason. And the, the movie's yeah. kind of devoid of any of that. And the sad part is, it's not even... There's a couple of moments that almost become funny. Like, funny bad. Like, I'd call mm-hmm. it amusing bad. There's a couple of amusing bad scenes. But unfortunately, it just peeks into it a couple of times. And the rest of the movie's just boring. Like, it just is legitimately boring yeah. to watch. Mm-hmm. So... There you go. That's, that, that, that's the general concern. I, I guess we have to talk about some specifics here. So, yeah, there's there's Nayako, who's uh, a Japanese woman who comes to because she's heard about what's happened in this building in Chicago, and we find out later that she's actually the sister of Kaiko, and she knows about everything went on, and she's going to try and get rid of uh, the curse, which she does by kind of doing the same thing that their mother used to do. We've seen this in the past movies, where the reason why Kaiko has this thing to be born inside her in the first place is because her mother put all these evil spirits into her. Apparently, it seems like a bit running theme because she has to use Rose to do it. Or not, was it Rose? Aye, Rose. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> doubted myself there for a second. Because she has to use Rose to do it. So it implies that getting rid of curses involves like kind of putting them in little girls. Like it has to be a little girl. <laughs> and at least a little kid. Maybe a little boy would work as well. Yeah. But it's like the youth and the innocence have to like can hold it or something i don't know and so we get this scene that's really yeah we get this really goofy scene where she's all dressed up and she like forms like this like blood of kayaku so an adult thing and she tries to make rose drink it and the the big sister lisa's just like no that's not happening (laughs) but then the girl eventually drinks it and it just magically makes everything end the curse just stops like that 
Because Kayaku's yeah. about to kill Lisa. She's like right in, she's inches from her face, and then gone. Um, and this was really annoying because, like, that, you know, that's easily the whole backstory with, um, you know, Kaigo's mom being like a priestess or whatever and like exercising demons and, and fe- feeding her blood is easily like my least favorite part of the whole series. Like, uh, did, did you really have to bring this back? <laughs> like, well, I wish we could just ignore it. This is the thing with sequels. They always seem to do this in horror movies where they try and, well, what can we do? We have to explore the backstory more. We'll have to over-reveal everything. So that it, like, yeah. And this one even more so was just like, let's just explain it in a couple of sentences. Because there's a scene where Nayako explains to Lisa, oh, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this this caused this, and it just explains it all out for you. It spells everything out. Yeah. Like, just in straight form. It's like it's nothing. Joe who's also a terrible actor in this movie? Is that? Andy, the boyfriend character. Oh, yeah. Every They're... line came out of his mouth. Terrible. The yeah, the, their relationship is like just the most like cliche. Like, you know, hey, we're in a horror movie. Let's keep trying to like run off and have sex. And but Joe, Joe was funny about that. Know, is, like that part was cliched, but I almost feel like the the core of the relationship was mm-hmm. almost like it couldn't even be cliche. It didn't even reach mm-hmm. that caliber because it did this thing where she eventually decides, oh, I'm going to stay because my family needs me, and he. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the one of the only scenes. There's a couple of scenes in the mental asylum institute, and there's this one scene in the a restaurant where she's telling him, "No, I'm not going to New York. I need to stay here." Mm-hmm. And he's all, oh, "I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll stay here as well then, because you you were the reason why I was going. So yeah. I'll I'll uh, I'll stay here with you." And yeah. then then he gets killed like a scene later. But the, the, what really cracks me up though is the. He he takes her back home, and she realizes Rose is on her own because this is the part of the movie where Max has he's been kind of infected by the, the the ghost of the dad from the the story who killed people, and he's starting to go crazy. And we get this scene where Andy is leaving the house. He he just like, he kisses her goodbye. He's leaving to go to work, and she says, "I love you." And we get this wonderfully bad. This is when it got funny bad, where he kind of stops at the door. And he sort of slowly turns, and you can sort of see the contemplate. Well, I, I'm assuming it was meant to be contemplation. It was kind of hard to tell. Like I say, the acting not very good. And he, he slowly walks back and leans in and says, "I love you." And then they have another kiss. And I was like, <laughs> "Am I supposed to care? Am I really supposed to care right now about this?" And then he leaves and dies immediately. Because mm. I mean, maybe because he sees something is lured to one of the apartments where ghost gets him. Yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I guess it makes you want to see them die more. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that's the, for anything. I don't think that's the effect that we're going for. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the fact is, is this is like over an hour into the movie. I know this because the scene in the oh, there's a scene in the park actually because uh, this is where uh, Naoko tells Lisa about everything. That scene in the park was at the fifty minute mark because I checked. That's why I know this was yes. like even further in than that, and. Up until that point, all that really happened, it was mainly about the drama of the family, the occasional jump scare, Lisa leaving, Lisa not leaving, all that stuff. And that was basically it. And, to, and there's like one scene where the, the, the doctor who was looking after Jake from the first movie, who dies at the start in the asylum, he, he's in his padded cell and he just, the ghost comes from him and he just dies. <laughs> so he breaks every yeah. bone in his body. 
And the doctor who was looking after him, uh, Dr. Sullivan, who's played by Shawnee Smith, who's, I, I guess, got like a, a bit of horror cred because she was in Saw now. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I love actually seeing the poster for this. Mm-hmm. It says on it at the top, Shawnee Smith, and then in brackets, <laughs> Saw 1 through 5. And I'm like, okay, okay that's, that's your star power, sure. And then, <laughs> and then it said another name, which turned out to be uh, the Jake kid. Mm-hmm. Right? The, Jake, the actor who played Jake, I'm like, was he famous or something? Like, Do people know him from something else? It said Matthew Knight, which is his name. And then it said in brackets underneath, The Grudge 2. <laughs> <laughs> that was a selling point. That's, this is the second biggest star you've got in the movie, is the guy from The Grudge 2. <laughs> Uh, you, uh, surely Marina Sirtis would be a bigger name to put on the box. I don't know. Oh, dear. I mean, at this point, is anyone, you know, watching this other than the, you know, mild curiosity of, hey, I really like the other Grudge movies. I guess I'll watch this, you know? And sad bastards like us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I, I guess we need to talk about the, uh, the, the ending, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they stop the curse, but mm-hmm. before the curse actually gets stopped, uh, Max is going crazy. We see some really random scenes of him where he's like, he's doing his like just maintenance work around the building, and he's scraping off lettering that's on one of the doors. He's like, you know, he's got his scraper and he's like scraping the paint off, and he starts just kind of like it, it basically starts quick cutting and sort of showing him like move really quick as he's doing it. It's doing that kind of like sort of. Kind of, I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> it's visually impossible, but it's sort of like he's going crazy. But all he's doing is scraping paint, and he's just sort of like spazzing out. I guess like that's, I that's, that's all he's really doing. I don't. I don't know if there's like a specific term for what you call those kind of shots or whatever, or like that style. But I hate. Like that effect. It, it comes to a quick shot of his head moving really fast and then back to yeah. just normal. Yeah, that, that's kind it's of thing. Just, it's just so, I don't know. Like, whenever I see it, it always kind of annoys me. And then, yeah, and it, I I kept thinking, like, oh, is there, like, more significance to this? Because, like, you know, once he kind of steadies himself, it's kind of, like, lingering on the letters and stuff. I kept trying to look like, all right, is there, like, a clue in the letters? Like, did they leave, like you know the initials of someone or something like is there but no it's just like no it's, it's just there <laughs> yeah he, go, he goes from terrible drama acting to terrible i'm going to look scary but like... <laughs> you know, that's, that's what that's what he turns into for the rest of the movie it was a great scene where when like lisa realizes that max is kind of screwed in the head and she has to like get get rose out of there there's this great scene where he's just sort of scraping at the wall in the hallway of, of his apartment and Rose is like in her at her bedroom door, and I, and Lisa is over at the sort of like the turn to go to the, the front door, yeah. and she's trying to get Rose to come to her, and she has to sneak past Max, who's <laughs> scraping at the wall, and it's it's like they're trying so hard to make this tense and suspenseful, yeah. and it's not. It's just her walking past him. It's because again, yeah. it's part of the problem is it's just it's all brightly lit. There's like nothing. There's like no sense of style, no sense of anything. It just ah, oh, it's so bland yeah. and forgettable. But anyway, he he's going crazy, and during this whole ritual, he actually shows up and kills uh, Nako. He stabs mm-hmm. her in the neck with uh, a knife, which is probably the only time there's an interesting kill because uh, you see the, the knife come through her neck. You get a little bit it's of almost 
it almost feels like this is from like a different movie or something because up until now everything has been like you know not too like gory or gruesome or whatever and then all of a sudden this is like whoa like you're seeing the whatever tool blade thing you had like go like right through her yeah, neck it's, and... it's like, i don't even know what it, i mean it's a knife but it's like a knife with this really sort of uh rough edge it's got like a sort yeah. of a lot of really sort of it's like the looks like a saw kind of thing yeah it was almost like, like, it's like yeah. a saw blade on a knife kind of almost yeah. um and it, it puts that it, it, it picks it up from one of the, the diy sort of workman benches that are around because they're doing maintenance and he stabs her through the neck and it's an okay and, kill. It's actually the only time I was like, oh, that kind of cool. Because up until right. this point, it could have been a, could have been a PG, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There was nothing in it up until now, this. Uh, so. Now, I, I do want to dial back uh, just real quick to one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Oh, go on. Uh, with uh, when Max gets fired. Uh, he's like, <laughs> he's in the basement, and then you know, they have the... I, I don't know what you know, you would call that guy. I guess if is Max the manager and he's the the landlord or whatever is his yeah, boss. Maybe, I, don't yeah. know. I, I was calling Max the landlord. You might be right. He might be the landlord and he's the sort but, of the maintenance guy. But yeah. But before you actually tell, so talk about the scene, I just okay. want to point out what Max is doing in this scene. He's, okay. <laughs> he's counting bricks for some reason, or he's stacking bricks <laughs> in the basement. I don't know what he's doing. But he's just he's moving Shirtless. bricks into a pile. Yeah, that's all he's doing. Uh, and then, and then, like you know, the uh, landlord fires him, and then he hits him, and then like the landlord just looks like, like, like he's like sad, you know, like, like not like freaked out, not like oh how dare you, I'm, I'm gonna call the cops or anything. He's just like looks all sad, it's like it didn't have to be this way. Do you know really struck me about the landlord character though is it was almost like they wanted to have like a villainous guy. But he wasn't at all. He actually seemed really reasonable and understanding. Like the first, oh, yeah. The first time he showed up, he's like, look, stuff is really bad. You've got a prospective new tenant, but I'm considering shifting to a new management company to, to run this place because things are really bad. And you, you understand. But he's really yeah. he's really reasonable the entire time. He's given him warning. He's talking to him about it. He's being open. And when he comes to fire him, he's very apologetic. He's like, sorry, yeah. but I've, you know, I've had to consider this and I'm, I'm doing this. And I... It almost makes me feel like whoever wrote this movie, like wanted that stereotype, but just didn't understand it to go. <laughs> the same thing with the the family drama of her leaving and like uh, Rose being sick and staying to look after her, and, and that sort of that conflict. It's like, all right, I've read a script writing book. I know I'm supposed to have conflict, <laughs> and there should be an arc, and her arc will be that she decides to stay, but they don't actually know how to write that. So it, it just they've tried their best, but it just comes off as not knowing what they're doing, and it. Oh. Yeah, it it's weird. Like nothing really feels like I don't know that genuine. I guess. Yeah, like half-assed, or quarter-assed, yeah. an eighth-assed, yeah, <laughs> one sixteenth-assed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like uh, again, like I think, like you know, there could have been a. Probably not a great movie, but at least like a decent, like okay, mediocre movie. If it was just see, yeah, see, more. See if you had more characters, you had more of the apartments filled, and you just made it about okay. It's not going to have the style of the last ones, but if you built up some suspense sequences and just had it be about a ghost tormenting like all the different people in the building, it could have been an okay little director video sequel. Yeah. Sure, I mean, don't see why not, but. 
as it is, it's painfully boring and only once or twice gets amusingly bad. And then, so yeah, I was getting to the ending actually. So, so Max kills uh, Nayako during all this proceedings, and then little Rose drinks the, the blood to end the curse. Ends the curse. Kayako's gone. Toshio's gone. Everything seems fine. Uh, you know, they they come out of the apartment and they see in the hallway that that Max has killed Nayako, there's blood everywhere, and he's just, like, sort of snapped out of his thing, so... Presumably he's going to prison for this murder, even though it wasn't his fault, and he doesn't remember doing it. And... Sure. Right, so we, then we, we have... <laughs> we, we, so we have all that. And then we get the, the sort of... I guess the twist? The reveal, I guess? Sure. If you yeah. want to call it that. Uh, so, because... He, Max killed Nayako, who also was there with Kayako when they were kids getting fed these spirits. A new curse is born. And now Nayako is a a John ghost curse thing. And she yeah. comes crawling towards people and kills them. Yeah. Ooh. And then the final shot of the movie, which is outside, all the police and the ambulances have all arrived. And we have... Uh, Lisa hugs Rose and the camera spins around and shows Kaiku instead of Rose sort of showing that Kaiku's inside her. Which I guess to me yeah. means that if anything bad ever happens to Rose it'll create a new curse. Just the same way that Kaiku had a curse and had all these like spirits and stuff in her and that created a curse when she died violently. Yeah. Um... I just, I, I didn't care about any of this. <laughs> like, that is fair. Uh, I did not care myself. <laughs> Honestly, Tim, my, my, my thing, my thinking here is that the whole, oh, they, they, they ended the curse, but a new curse is born because the sister mm. of Kaiku dies. I actually don't hate that idea. But the mm. problem is, is that Naiku's not a main character in this. She's a side plot at best. We see her wake up in Japan at the start. She talks to her husband about she has to go to Chicago and try and stop this. We see her meet them once or twice. She has a, a scene where she just dumps the exposition onto her. And then it's, oh, um, I'm coming to you for help. Can you help us, crazy Japanese lady? And she's like, yes, I will perform ritual to get rid of curse. And that's her. She, she's not got a character. She's just kind of there to service the plot. So I didn't care when she came back as a curse. Yeah, there, there isn't really any weight to it. Um, and... I I hate to spring this on you because uh, I'm not sure if you know, uh, but do you, has she ever been mentioned in any of the other movies? Anything about Kaiko having a sister? I I don't remember, but I I do not remember. Wrong. There's the scenes, the show scenes of like the whole th- them being kids and like Kaiko being fed the blood, like in some flashbacks yeah. in this. And I honestly don't think there was a sister in those scenes when we saw them before. I could be wrong, but I don't remember her. Yeah, because uh, that's—I was trying to think of that as well. And but I mean, that's just another thing that just makes it uh, make like I don't care about her. Feels like she was just thrown in, you know, like for this movie. Like it's not like you know, oh, we had this long established well, it, relationship it, with. It's her. another sequel thing, isn't it? Where they always say, "Oh, someone had a brother or a sister that we didn't know about," and yeah. that's that's how we have a plot for X movie. Like they do yeah. that all the time. It's another one of those tropes. <sighs> so yeah, the movie sucks. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, a couple other scenes uh, that did make me laugh was um, the one scene where like Rose is having like some kind of like attack or something. Um, so the sister has to take out like her oxygen tank. It's like such a like she's all nervous. Like, oh my god! Like I gotta do this real quick. And then, but it takes her like forever to take it out of the box and assemble it. Like, why wouldn't he just give her like? an easier disease where you know it's just like oh i gotta give her a quick shot or something that will like not take five minutes well, no, uh, this, this is the problem though is that she has two of these attacks the first time she has the attack it's max that's there and he pulls it out and it's already assembled but then yeah, why and, not just do that? yeah and it's all in different boxes and she has to open them all it, <laughs> it would have almost been a funny scene if at the end before it cut away she held up the instructions and goes right how do i put this together and just yeah <laughs> Just don't, just don't die, like, Rose. I'll be with you in a minute. I'll be with you in a minute. Just <laughs> it's just like I, I feel like you know to your point earlier where you know it feels like they're trying to create tension, um, but just doing such a poor job of it. Again, it feels like they're trying to create this sense of urgency, but it doesn't really feel urgent if you have to assemble something. <laughs> Yeah, mo- most of the movie isn't urgent because for most of the movie, none of them are even scared there's a ghost. It's not until that scene. Oh, yeah. the- it's not until the scene in the park where Nayako gives all this exposition that they even have an idea that there could be a ghost. And then yeah. it's not until some crazier stuff happens that Lisa kind of believes there might be a-, a ghost or something. It we go on over the movie where none of the characters are aware of the threat. Yeah. <laughs> it- it's really. <laughs> poorly put together it's it doesn't so there is no urgency there's no no build no tension it's just and again everything is brightly lit for some reason i don't get it i i don't get it at all it's it's lazy lazy filmmaking quite frankly and uh and i forget that but there was like a scene where i forget who it was that died but they're like wheeling out a corpse it's uh i think it's uh gretchen which was marina sortis's character Okay, yeah. And for, and, like, uh, and, and for some reason, when it's halfway out the door, the, the, the head's not covered up, and then they cover it up. Well, yeah, they, they like, they say, I think it's, like, they say to Rose, like, oh, honey, don't look. And then, like, yeah, you, you just see, like, the top of the corpse head, which is just horrific. And then it's like, oh, now we'll cover it up. But it's like, yeah, why would you not do that when you're wheeling it out like why all of a sudden like well you know people are looking <laughs> i would i would even i would almost accept it more if the body wasn't covered at all but the idea they put the cover on but just left the head uncovered <laughs> what <laughs> you know this is like uh it, not that i would recommend watching this but if you do watch it like with a friend uh it might be kind of funny for it'd probably be mostly boring but there'd at least be a few scenes like that that you could have a good chuckle i think it fall it's like i said earlier i think it just falls short of that i think it's it's not funny it's not bad funny and often enough to recommend it in that way whereas other movies i would recommend for that reason this one it's mostly boring and there's just a couple of little moments like that that are kind of funny and so it which perked me up a little bit but most of it was boring Let's get to ratings, Tim. We have spent far too much right. time on this movie. <laughs> uh, Grudge 3 is terrible. That said, though, it's kind of sad that this is only, what, the first movie in February of this year, and it's easily not the worst, or even the second worst movie we've seen so far <laughs> in 2017 for this show. You know, I, I have high hopes. I think by the end of the year, we're going to have a nice little uh, set of movies we've seen. But this, hope- if, it's a, bit, a rough start. <laughs> I hope you're right, but uh, my rating out of 10 for this is 
it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you mine. I need to go. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take yours and then I'll, I'll, I'll go from there. Analyze it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a four. Um, oh, okay. You know, just it's, it's not good by any means, but um, I don't know. There, it wasn't definitely not the worst thing I've seen. <laughs> Um, and there was a few moments that, uh, again, I was like, um, I want to like the scene. I, I think uh, I at least like the idea behind it or something. I don't know. Hmm. But four is where I'm sticking. I'm going to go a bit lower. I'm going to go with a three. Three out of ten. It's, uh, yeah, I just spoke for half an hour explaining why it's mm. a three out of ten. So it's a three out of ten. <laughs> It's, it's just well, that's fitting because it's the third movie that's what it is yeah so presumably if we get a grudge 4 we can upgrade a point uh, <laughs> it, it's just oh, it's it, it's dull it's boring it feels cheap it feels like they can't do a lot of things the scares are just random and have no build to them so it feels as a horror movie uh, I mean they have the, the, the actress back to play Kayaku which is nice but so that's about it you know one weird thing it that I kind of liked about it is that like it was bad, but in a almost like a nostalgic way for me because it because I feel like we don't get as many um, like straight to DVD you know like sequels like this anymore. So like watching it, I did kind of feel like oh you know this reminds me of like the crappy like straight to DVD horror movies I used to rent like in the nineties or something. Well, that's a that's a very specific thing. If you if you share that feeling <laughs> with Tim, you may you may get yeah. something out of it. I was got like, oh, this is like watching like Children of the Corn Seven or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it has less charm than those do, though. That said, though, I've never uh, seen past the third Children of the Corn, so I can't. Don't quote me on that. I'm just I'm just using that as an example because there's a million of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get you. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's just it occasionally has some funny moments. Not enough to really save it, but it at least looks like a movie. It doesn't look like it was shot in shitty, and <laughs> that 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 counts for something. Uh, and I, yeah. I guess yes, it, it helps that I've seen two even worse movies in the last month. But <laughs> it, it, that, it scrapes, that's true as well. <laughs> it scrapes up to a three. So yeah. there you go. That's the Grudge Three. Uh, let us know what you thought of the Grudge Three. If you're unfortunate enough to have seen it, in the comments below, like <laughs> and subscribe. And remember that we will have a second episode this week discussing the much-anticipated Sadako versus Kayako movie. Uh, I love that every time I say those names, I, I think I, I slightly pronounce them differently every time. Just <laughs> want to point that out. Yeah. I'm aware of it, people. I'm aware of it. But, uh, yeah, that's coming later this week. So, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Helps us out. Uh, get us on Twitter at mild underscore fuzz. You can get me on Twitter at wibble89. You can get Tim on Twitter at timvergulish. And that's us. So thank you very much for watching. Just keep watching scary movies. And we'll see you next time.